Welcome to the point after on WDVE Pittsburgh. The entire Steelers radio broadcast team is here to break down the last game. Here's your host, Missy Matthews. Uh, but largely, man, we got a lot of work to do. We're not a good football group right now. And, um, and so uh, we understand the consequences that come with that. We're working on a short week. We got to be better than what we've been. And, um, and that's just the reality of it. Everybody, welcome inside WDVE and to the point after. I'm Missy Matthews with Tunch Oaken and Craig Woofley. And Woof, I don't want to rub it in, but Tunch and I have some white pizza in the studio to help us get through a recap of the Steelers' third straight loss. It happened on Monday Night Football, 27-17 to to the Bengals. And um, just, it doesn't feel good. We're 11, the Steelers are 11-3, and but it just, it doesn't feel right, Tunch. Right, yeah, and uh, uh, they, they're they they're not producing. They're not winning. Uh, they're not intense. They're not focused. Uh, they're not catching balls. They're not running the ball. Uh, you know, I, I just think they're uh, struggling. You know, and I thought you were going to talk about the white pizza when you said it didn't feel good. I was going to go, ha! Huh. So, the fact <laughs> of the matter is, you look at this game, and it's it's one that really unsettled you because from the get-go, you felt like there's really something wrong in that first half. But it boils down to this, and Chalooch, you know this as well as anybody. Um, when you spot a team three turnovers in that first yeah. half, 17 points, I mean, all you're doing is you're giving encouragement to even a dormant team, and they come afire. And that's, as Ray Penny used to say all the time, those guys on that side of the ball wearing that uniform over there, they're on scholarship too. There's a reason they're in the NFL. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, Giovanni Bernard uh, had eight three yards, uh, and, and uh, Cincinnati Bengals had 152 yards. So that's uh, uh, when we had 150 yards, uh, Ron Blackledge would put uh, uh, 20 bucks in, <laughs> in the kitty. But to contrast that, Ryan Finley, the quarterback, uh, the third string quarterback, really, you know, this wasn't a Joe Burrow led Cincinnati Bengals team. Seven completions for 89 yards. Right, right. I I didn't think that uh, Ryan Finley was going to play really well. I thought we were going to get after him and I thought we were going to, you know, when I saw him on film, you know, he started to look at the uh, the pass rush, and uh, he started to throw in the coverage. And I thought uh, when our guys put the pass rush on him, he was going to be uh, bad. You know, the thing about it is when you watch this young man, uh, he does – he throws the ball well. He's got uh, good athletic ability and so forth, but they, they made the most of his running ability. I'm sure they looked at Josh Allen. I'm sure that uh, in Buffalo, what he did, and they saw the quarterback designed runs, and so they decided, you know what? That worked pretty good there. Maybe maybe we can do something with that, and I think they did. They ran some options. They got him out, uh, outside of the pocket, and they did some good things with him. Before we talk more about the specifics of what went wrong last night, which I'm sure we can – list a number of things right. uh, just more big picture you know the Steelers are riding high they're undefeated they get to 11 and 0 uh, you know every week we heard coach Tomlin Ben Roethlisberger everybody say you know the only thing perfect about us is our record so there were things that 
weren't going correctly, but they were still getting the win in the right column. What went wrong, Tunch, that they are on this three-game skid and it just it feels it doesn't feel good? Yeah, they're not physical. Uh, Missy, they're not physical. Uh, you know, they don't come off the ball. And uh, Cincinnati came off the ball and they drill, dr- uh, dr- drove uh, the, the front line of the Steelers back. And so, uh, and you know, we didn't have good pass protection. Carl Lawson and uh, Sam Hubbard uh, were, were getting uh, to Ben. And uh, so, you know, we got to be physical and we got to be uh, uh, focused and we got to be intense. Uh, Wolf, I, you, you, know, you know this too. Sure thing, Chalooch. And here's the thing about it, and you're very right. When you put on the tape and you watch the action, you look at the orange jerseys on offense, and when they uh, come forward running the ball, you know what? They're moving the white jerseys back. Right. And when you see that, it's as simple as that. And it tells you, Missy, everything about it where, no, you're, you're just not winning the battle in the trenches, but you're losing the battle of physicality as well all over. And so there's, again, that whole cry of, we got to get back to playing physical football. And there's always the conundrum of how do you play physical football if you can't practice it during the week? And that's where it becomes a problem. And guys really have to do what they can do to get themselves in that right frame of mind, working with the pads, keeping the low pad level, being able to do all the fundamental things that we used to work on three times a week because we had to. We had no choice. Right. <laughs> but yeah. but uh, for these guys, it's harder. Again, you know, if you're not, actively sharpening the sword you're just dull in the blade i i will say maybe playing devil's advocate wolf uh it's not like the steelers are the only team who are under those circumstances or the limited padded practices and different things like that the, yeah. you know every team in the nfl there, there's rules across the board so how do they get out of this funk how do you turn it around does it does it help that it's a 10 and 4 colts team coming to heinz field does it is it the fact that, you know, the writing's starting to be on the wall that every week it's like, okay, just win to clinch the division, and they haven't been able to do it? Back to basics. Back to basics. <laughs> you know, Mike, uh, Mike's got to uh, uh, get on their backs and uh, focus uh, uh, on coming off the ball, and they got to uh, put their hands in the dirt and uh, come off the ball. And, you know, uh, Wolf, uh, they don't do that. Well, you know, Coach Noel was always really big on this. Look, sometimes teamwork is never 50-50 is what he would always say. Right. And it doesn't mean that, you know, the offense, defense, or whatever. Sometimes the defense has got to carry the offense 70% of the time. Sometimes the offense got to carry the defense 70% of the time. Or sometimes you've got to have the special teams making the effort to create short fields for the offense, long fields for the defense. Sometimes it's got to work out that way. The, the key is – Coming, everybody staying together and keeping their minds, no fracturing of the locker room. This can't be any splintering. You've got to come b- back in and that resolve. And I, 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 I say this, we said this before in the, uh, in the show we did this afternoon, Missy. There were times where, and over our careers with the Steelers, you come into practice and, you know, you just had enough. You just had enough. You got, you cre- increase the intensity factor that, at some point in time, those mental RPMs are running high because there's a little bit of a desperation factor that seeps in. Not, not, don't confuse that with panicking. It's not panicking. But a man with uh, a, de- a desperate desire to get the job done 
starts to run higher mental RPMs and therefore is able to activate a higher intensity on game day. And I think they've got to come out with a little more of a desperate anger type of deep down growl coming yeah, from them. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, uh, they said uh, a, a number of the players said that they uh, uh, they're tired and they're uh, mentally fatigued. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we we wouldn't we wouldn't admit that. <laughs> we wouldn't admit that because uh, we could get cut. <laughs> yeah, coach would say, "You want a vacation? You need some rest? Okay, I'll give you some rest." <laughs> he cut us. <laughs> I mean, we we heard the soundbite from Coach Tomlin. It was after the game yesterday blatantly saying you know we are not a very good football team right now uh and today he had his weekly press conference because it is tuesday and he said 12 hours later it still stings it still feels the same and you know wolf along your lines you were talking about not having a fractured locker room so you guys have been in a locker room from a player standpoint how do you maybe help motivate each other without fracturing it or you know starting to point the finger and that kind of thing Missy, that's a great question. And what you start doing is encouraging each other. Right. You, you start coming together. You encourage each other. There's no time to be pointing fingers saying, you know, you got to catch the ball. You got to do this. You gotta, it's obvious. Everybody really knows what they have to do. Right. And it's more along the lines of guys locking arms and becoming determined to do this together, knowing that if you do not resolve these things, the, se- the end of the season's coming real quick. So you can't let that happen. And so in this encouragement phase, it's about building each other up, staying with each other when the times are tough like they are last night, and being able to override that with a, with a group of guys that are uh, wildly determined to get the job done. you you got to encourage uh, guys, uh, Missy. you got to uh, put your arm around a guy and uh... – and uh, lift them up. Yeah, yeah, lift them up. Yeah, and and it, we we did that. So many people, um, maybe outside perspective, said, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals are two ten and one. This was right. going into yesterday's game. This could be a get right game, kind of, you know, just get the win, get the momentum going again, have that good feeling. Um, is it as simple as just getting one? Like getting out of this losing streak, getting a win, and hopefully building a little bit of confidence, maybe. Yeah, I, you know, it's uh, the the Indianapolis Colts are going to be a good challenge for us, and uh, when uh, we play the Indianapolis Colts, we we win, uh, and uh, and success begets success. Winning begets mm-hmm. winning. And so uh, I think that uh, when uh, we're for the opening kickoff, we got to get after them. We got to get after the Indianapolis Colts. And so then I think uh, maybe it would uh, go well. Well, there's no doubt. You know, here's the thing about it. And Coach Noel always talked about it was the power of one. Get that one win. Getting that one win. And you hear Coach Tomlin talk about it. How many years later, stacking wins? But Coach Noel always used to refer to it as getting that one and turning things around. And it's so very important for the attitude of the group. You know, and you can't – everybody can be down. I, I, but you've got 24 hours to suffer this, this loss. 
You know, and the thing you have to understand about this before, if you remember, Chaluch, we were talking in the locker room uh, last week, and we said, this is a get-right game opportunity. We didn't say this was a get-right game to get, you know, it's like saying it's a slam dunk. Nothing in the NFL is a slam dunk. Right. It's an opportunity to get that win and set things right on the course again. And you can see this is, the, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals, you look at these guys, they're 2-10-1 and one without their, their, their wonderlick uh, star quarterback and everything else. He's smart. He's athletic. He's got all the tools. But without all of that, they came out and they played a pretty fine game last night. And it's because they have the power of resolve and desire. And sometimes it works for you. And sometimes, you know, uh, you go out and do your very best and it it just doesn't come together. That's got to stop. They've got to be able to put it together and they've got to start coming up. Well, it's got to be Indy Indy Colts. It's going to be huge. They they were more physical. The Bengals were than we were. Uh, you know, um, Von Bell uh, lit up uh, uh, Juju, Juju. Schuster, and right. uh, you know, I I I think that that was uh, a repercussion of uh, him dancing on the uh, on the, the logo on the logo. We are going to talk about that in a little bit more. Uh, Coach Tomlin had to weigh in on that today, um, but. Just for clarification in terms of the AFC North and clinching the division, I say this every week. Hopefully this option will happen this week. It's simple. The Steelers beat the Colts. They win the AFC North. If Cleveland loses to the Jets, who just picked up their first win, the Steelers clinch the AFC North. Or the most obscure uh, way for this to happen is we tie the Colts and Cleveland and the Jets tie. So I I think option three is out, Wolf. I know you don't like your math, but um, I'm hoping it's option one because, you know, the Steelers clinched a playoff berth by someone else losing. They didn't win against the Washington football team uh, to do it themselves. So, uh, you know. All right, we are going to do our IBEW electrifying moment of the game brought to you by IBEW Local Number 5. Wolf, we're going to start the new streak. We're going back to you. Bring us some good juju and uh, tell us your electrifying moment of the game. I got to go with Chase Claypool getting that bubble screen and skedaddling down the sidelines. It was good to see Chase doing something like that. You know, it was a heck of a block out there by Vance McDonald. Chase got out there and just, like I said, accelerated down the sidelines and set things up for a touchdown. I thought that was a a huge moment and a huge play to get Chase Claypool kind of back on track. Okay, Tunch. Uh, You know, I I love Deontay Johnson uh, when he caught that 23-yard touchdown pass. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Deontay – was uh, playing well yesterday, last night. And, you know, when I, when I watched him in the pregame, he was uh, catching balls. He was uh, – someone was throwing the balls to him. And uh, he focused, and he was, was good. That was one of the equipment guys who was helping him out there. All right, guys, it is time for a break here on The Point After when we return much more about the Steelers' loss to the Bengals and looking ahead to the Steelers' last home game at Heinz Field in the regular season. We'll be right back. You're listening to DVE. Back to The Point After on DVE. 
Finley in the shotgun for the Bengals, trying to get on the board first. Big rush. He's going to be hit. He's going to be sacked. T.J. Watt gets it back outside the 15-yard line at about the 19. Welcome back to The Point After, everybody. Missy Matthews with Tunch Ilkin and Craig Wolfley. T.J. Watt picking up a sack last night. He now has 13 on the season. That is leading the NFL. And wow. You know, I just feel like uh, TJ continues even without Bud Dupree on the opposite side and just that awesome tandem that we have seen, uh, Tunch. He has just continued and continued to produce. You know, TJ Watt doesn't need Bud Dupree. Uh, he, he's got a, a great pass rush. He slaps the hands down. He, get, he dips and rips, and he, uh, and he has a bull rush. Uh, and uh, he he drives the offensive tackle into the quarterback's lap. You know, one of the things I appreciated about TJ's game last night, and even when things weren't going all that great, he still had a couple of tackles for loss. I think he's way up there in, in the lead league or near the top in tackles for loss, and he had two of them last night on Giovanni Bernard. And just watching him of abuse the tight ends from the Cincinnati Bengals, yeah. I mean, he just locked out, threw him aside, and came down the line and, and drilled Bernard for losses. Uh, that's that's very impressive, is, is all I can say. Yeah, he sets the edge. He sets the edge. Uh, Big time. You know, he does more uh, than set the edge. And uh, uh, the tight end uh, uh, goes at him, and he swam the tight end and uh, made the tackle on Giovanni Bernard. I have a question about T.J. Watt. I'll get to that in a second, but, you know, I like my fun facts. This is a pretty good one. Uh, since 1982, T.J. Watt joins Pro Fo- Football Hall of Famers Reggie White and Derek Thomas as the only three players to have 13 sacks in three of their first four seasons. Wow. Yeah. Boy, that is a fun fact. Derek Thomas <laughs> and Reggie White. Yep. Uh, uh, and they- T.J. Watt. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pushing for TJ to get Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, yeah, but that's a fun fact as long as you're not the guy that played against TJ. That's Reggie right, or yeah. Derek Thomas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so my my TJ Watt question it's it's more of a personal player perspective, but uh, you know, early on his brother Derek Watt gets knocked out, kind of right. a scary moment, mm, um, yeah. and. You know, as everybody is kind of looking at Derek and figuring out what's happening, you know, luckily you start to see him moving a little bit. But TJ's right there, and, you know, obviously it's your brother. Um, but then they take Derek off. He ends up going to the locker room. TJ just right back in, plays defense. Uh, how hard is that, or is it something you can compartmentalize? Well, you know, uh, you can compartmentalize that. Uh, uh, when uh, my roommate broke his neck in spring ball, and uh, mm-hmm. everyone was asking about me. Everyone was asking me, Tunch, do you thinking about that? I said, no, no. Yeah, because uh, one of the things you feel that you know, you're never going to get hurt. Yeah, you're never going to get hurt. And uh, uh, you, you uh, uh, pursue the, uh, the, your technique and uh, – and you wolf, uh, you know you you're 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 good. You know, here's the thing about it, uh, Missy. My brother Ronnie played for ten years. Played for Arizona Cardinals first, the St. Louis Cardinals, then Arizona, and uh, we played against him. And um, you know, I understand you you watch your brother, and there's nothing closer than you know blood brother. 
Uh, and, you know, I remember watching my brother go down one time and he got up. I was relieved. But you absolutely, like Tanch said, you compartmentalize. You have to. Yeah. You can't sit there and worry about him. Uh, and, and I've never played with my brother on my team other than Tunch and I, which is as close as brothers. Right. But, you know, as far as uh, my brother Ronnie, he was always on another team. And so whenever we faced off and so forth, yeah, there would be some concern. But you absolutely got to compartmentalize because you've got a job to do. And trust me, if your mind is not paying attention to what's going on out there, you ain't going to be out there long. So, you know, uh, if, uh, six years, when we were six years in, uh, Wolf got hurt uh, plenty of times. And then when I was walking off, <laughs> off the field, he said, I'm quitting. I'm going to tell Chuck I'm going to quit. No, no, that was up at camp. That yeah, was yeah, a, that was up at camp. And I said, uh, you know, I was walking to dinner. I said, don't do anything till I come back to the room. And so I went into uh, to the cafeteria and I ate and I came back and uh, Wolf says, I'm going to I'm going to quit. And I said, what are you going to do with your life? And he said, good question. <laughs> uh, I, oh, know you, I know you guys will uh, poke a little fun because of how the Pro Bowl voting is done. Tunch right. was giving me an earful about this last night before the game. But uh, T.J. Watt, we bring him up for many reasons. But T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Mika Fitzpatrick, and Marquise Pouncey all announced as AFC starters in the Pro Bowl. It's virtual, not really sure. Right. Uh, how that's going to work, hopefully it's not something the Steelers are worrying about. Dave DeCastro also making the Pro Bowl uh, as a backup. But Marquise Pouncey, I know you guys love your O-lineman. Nine Pro Bowls in his career. And yeah. the, the two that he did it, he was injured. <laughs> yeah, um, right. And I think this is six consecutive for him. Yeah, yeah. He, mm -hmm. he's, he, he's a great player. He's a great player. and, it, and he, There's no doubt. And he Missy, deserves the Pro watching. Bowls. Mm. Yes. I was watching uh, the film of the Cincinnati game, and they ran a 16G. DeCastro pulls out. Pouncey pulls up behind him. DeCastro goes up, and he seals off the inside. But, you know, watching a guy the size of Marquise Pouncey snap the ball in shotgun, get out on a search-and-destroy mission, come around the corner and cream Jesse Bates, who's a tough little safety, yeah. but to find him in the open field on that search-and-destroy mission and get the job done like that, there's – Marquise is truly a great, great player. Yeah, yeah, and and he and he's uh, search and destroy. Uh, he's very athletic. He's very fast. He's uh, good in the open field. Right. Since we are talking about the O line uh, and Wolf, I know you go back and rewatch everything. Uh, what did it? What seemed to happen last night with Al and um, Carl Lawson? You know, Coach was asked about it today and said, "Yeah, it was concerning yesterday. I don't think it's been a pattern, but that was just you know one is instant yesterday uh, where you were just like, man, you just didn't want to see Ben right. continue to get beat up like that." Well, if you take a look at Hubbard and you look at Lawson between them, I think they had eight quarterback hits and one sack only, and that's because Ben got rid of the ball. Look, you're going to find guys in the league that are your kryptonite. You know, Rulon Jones was my kryptonite. El Zato was touches a little bit, you know. Um, you have those guys that, for whatever reason, sometimes you just don't play well. And when you take a look at a 6-9 uh, AL against a guy like uh, Carl Lawson, who's very muscular and powerful, but short, compact. 
What he does, he dips and rips and throws that uppercut, gets lift up on it, and he gets into Al's body, and that creates a lot of problems for Al because Al was getting so head heavy. You know how when you, you reach and you put your head forward to take on the guy, and that's that's deadly, a guy as quick as Lawson coming around the corner. Uh, Lawson had six quarterback hits last night. And uh, right. he, he, he's a great pass rusher. And uh, uh, Alejandro was uh, flat-footed against him. And uh, he didn't uh, react favorably to him when he clubbed and when he uh, took the inside motion. Well, he got head-heavy. You know that, Chalucci. You yeah. saw him. He, you know, and, and look, it, it does happen. Al is, a, is an excellent player. Uh, you have those moments when, you know, you, oh, you know, I, I can't tell you, I hate to say it was a lot of times, but there was a number of times you come back to the huddle and it's, hey, Brad, sorry about that. Hey, right. <laughs> you know, you, you're, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's just the, that's the beast of burden. That is the offensive lineman. You're always in a protection mode for your quarterback. And when they happen to be great ones like Ben or like Terry, it makes it even, even worse, you know, when you screw up or like Bubby. <laughs> the bubster <laughs> yes uh jc and derwin gray were switching back and forth a little bit at left guard what did you guys see from them last night i, I thought derwin gray was uh better than uh jc hassenhauer wolf I, I i like jc i like what jc did um i think they both represented themselves well um i think jc's got a little better understanding on some of the combination stuff. I think Derwin's got some of the more physical, greater physical attributes. And so, you know, it's, they, they switched on and off there and um, we'll, we'll see what happens here, how it goes. Yeah. Derwin Gray uh, came off the ball and uh, physically abused uh, 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 Covington and uh, Christian Covington. All right, maybe one bright spot from last night. Um, Benny Snell, coach, uh, giving him some praise again today, but 18 carries, 84 yards. He also had three catches for 23 yards. Uh, what did you guys see from him kind of being the bell cow last night? You know, I, I saw I, Benny run hard. Yeah, I thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, 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 I thought Benny ran hard, and I thought uh, he was, uh, uh, you know, he stop he never stopped churning his legs and he uh, and and he and he caught the ball and uh you know i i was i was uh excited about benny snell i watched benny on the second quarter and uh he had a 13 yard draw that i thought he was just terrific i mean it was only 13 yards but when was the last time we saw 13 yards by a running back you know going downfield uh he did a great job of picking uh, his his hole, his uh, vision was excellent. Uh, there was a couple good combo blocks that uh, the offensive line really did a nice job, and he just accelerated, covered the ball, and like I said, cycled it up there for 13 yards. So I was that to me just kind of said, you know, he's really getting that that vision downfield and looking further than just the offensive line. It, it was good to see. Yeah, you know, and, and he uh, had a great jump cut and great vision. And great speed. Well, if I know last week, uh, you had said it, even Merrill Hodge on a different show I was doing, said you felt like the run game took a step forward 
Uh, what did they do in terms of your expectations uh, and grading last night? Well, the the thing that I, I saw was if you go back a week, you saw glimpses of people being moved. Well, if you go fast forward to this week, more people were moved more oftener <laughs> is the basic way you put it. <laughs> um, they were blocking people. Tunch and I come from a period of time in, in where Chuck used to say, I took him out because he was being blocked or or you weren't blocking a guy. And it was, it's it, a get it done or get out type of uh, affair. And so uh, watching last night, you saw movement at the point of attack. You saw people being double teamed. You saw lower pad levels. So I'm excited about it. You don't get 84 yards like Benny got uh, the, the, the cheap way. That was excellent running. That was good blocking. Now they've got to kind of gain, they've gained a little bit of traction here, a little bit of momentum. Now, can we keep going forward with the lower pad level and, and digging in on the run game and, and continue in that vein? And, uh, you know, hopefully you do that. You saw Ben go under center, do some things there. You saw Ben roll out on a couple of misdirection plays. Um, I like that. I love that part of the offense because instead of just standing back at four or five yards in the shotgun and doing that 80% of the time, you've got some variety and you're making the defense have to observe their run keys they have to take account for their run keys in the running game and so if you threaten them in that way i think that it's all bonus stuff you know keep them off balance a little bit and you know uh cincinnati was uh stacking the box they were stacking mm -hmm. the box all right guys we're going to take one more break here on the point after when we return an update on injuries and more recapping of the steelers last to the Bengals. don't go anywhere we'll be right back Back to the point after on DVE. Uh, at the loss of Kevin Green, not only a Steeler great, uh, but an NFL football great. Um, our condolences go out to Tara and his family. And, um, you know, even from a distance, we're with you during this difficult time. Welcome back to the point after everybody. Missy Matthews here with Tunch Ilkin and Craig Wolfley. That was Coach Tomlin after the game yesterday. Uh, we kind of got news right before right. kickoff Tunch about the yeah. passing of Kevin Green, a Hall of Famer, uh, only a few years with the Steelers. But, uh, you know, I remember growing up and just loving him and Greg Lloyd. And he was just one of those guys that came back so often uh, for different Steelers events, um, dinners, games. He was a member of the Hall of Honor and just an energy bringer, yeah. you know, and 58 years old, just so terribly sad. So we are all uh, thinking about his family and friends and everybody who's mourning his loss. We were praying for uh, Karen and I were praying for uh, Tara and his family. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, he he knew Jesus. So he's mm -hmm. with the, with the Lord right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, he was such a great guy and such a great man. And, uh, you know, you loved him. You loved him. You know, he was inspiring. I have to laugh because years and years ago, uh, I think it was probably towards the end of the 80s or maybe in the 90s, early 90s, I went out west to ski at, uh, you know, Big Mountain in Montana. Doug uh, Betters used to have a ski tournament out there, a ski thing out there, and raise money for, for uh, kids, uh, the uh, loggers, kids, and hospitals to cover, you know, their insurance coverages and stuff. So he'd bring everybody out there, and we were out there. So Kevin and Tara were out there. And uh, at one of the auctions, I bought Kevin's helmet with the Rams, you know. And so um, I had that because I have some helmets I used to display in the, in the gym that I used to have. So I kept it up there. So 
couple of years ago when he went into the Hall of Fame. Well, I don't know how many years ago that was, but uh, I told him about it. Um, that I, I said, you know, remember I bought your helmet back then. He goes, you got my Rams helmet, brother. And I was like, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, because you know, you know, Kevin is instant Hulk Hogan. Hey, yeah. brother, you know, you got the. So he was like, you got that helmet. I go, yeah, I still got that helmet. And I said, I'm gonna. I, I just wanted. I brought it up to the uh, men's fantasy camp so he could sign it. Then because I was donating, donating them to, um, uh, you know, a, a charity organization. And so he, he, he signs it, and then he's looking at it. And it was funny because he took a moment. He's, like, actually touching this, all the scars on the helmet, you know, where it's been gouged and everything. Then he looks at me and goes, what do you want for it? <laughs> <laughs> and he was so nice. He donated some money to a charity, and, and he got his helmet because it was he didn't have a Rams helmet. That's the one helmet he didn't have. Right. And so I had his, his helmet from his Pro Bowl year with the Rams. So he got it back. Long, long story short. That's a cool story. I loved uh, Coach yeah. Cower yesterday said, you know, quote, heaven just got better on defense. Yeah. I thought that, w- <laughs> that was a perfect way, uh, you know, yeah. to share his feelings and obviously the relationship that they had during his playing days with the Steelers. He was a pass rush specialist. Uh, he and Greg Lloyd uh, were very um, competitive and uh, yeah. they, they they were, uh, you know, they were uh, tackling the quarterbacks and they were getting sacks and they were very competitive. They really were, Missy. It was a lot of fun to watch Blitzburg to see how they went at it. They were uh, great competitors, great players. Uh, and Kevin was really one of those guys that just, you know, he, he just always made you feel like, uh, I don't know, like, you were special. Yeah. You know, one of those guys, when you sat with him in the room, he made you feel like, okay, you know, we're buddies. I, it just, there was something about him that was so totally ingratiating. I, I just think a lot of the man. And I saw him at uh, uh, two years ago or three years ago. Uh, he was uh, behind, he was backstage with sticks. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. And, How about and, that? And I saw him. And uh, we will oh, listen uh, to you throwing band names around. You yeah, know, name dropping over here. Right, you're, I, the you're, name you're, dropping. You're, you're you're the biggest name dropper of uh, rock stars. <laughs> my one of my first quick uh, Kevin Green stories. I can't remember why it was at Heinz Field. I don't know if it was before the Hall of Honor or something else. It might have just been an alumni weekend. You know how they get so many great players to come back, which is mm-hmm. just such a cool thing. And I was interviewing Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd together. And I was kind of scared. Uh, You know, Greg Lloyd is very intimidating. (laughs) And Kevin Green had on, you know, the Hall of Fame jacket and just that bubbly personality. And he I think he could kind of tell that I was a little, you know, tense. And he goes, don't worry, he he won't hurt you. I'm here. And I said, "Okay." (laughs) And it was just one of those cool moments where I was like, all right, this guy. And he's just, yeah, a great guy. So, again, you know, our condolences to his wife, his son, right. his daughter, and his whole family. And, and you know what? Uh, every time she sang the national anthem. I know. The perfect st- record. The Steelers were uh, winning. That's a great call. You know, it was so funny. I saw him on the sidelines. I was telling the story this morning. And uh, he walked off the field. And, uh, I was standing there, and he, he escorted Tara to the sidelines there. And, and uh, he comes by me and goes, you know, brother, she's never lost a game. What do you think? You know, I go, oh, I think she's going to keep the record going. He goes, yeah, I think so, too. 
So she sang, came off, and and he looked when he was walking off. He winked. He says, "Yeah, we'll see you in the winter winter circle." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, a quick yeah. uh, recap of the injuries today that Coach Tomlin went through. We know that Derek Watt, we mentioned his concussion protocol. Uh, Eric Ebron's dealing with a back injury. There were no real updates. They were both still being evaluated. The Steelers working on a short week, uh, but getting to stay at home this week against Indy on Sunday. Uh, the good news, though, James Conner, he was out with a quad injury, was downgraded yesterday, actually, to out. Kevin Dotson didn't practice at all last week with a shoulder injury, and Vince Williams is still on the COVID-19 list, and Coach seemed optimistic that those last three, James Conner, Kevin Dotson, and Vince Williams, could be back on well, Sunday. Well, you know, I, I want Vince Williams back. Yeah, he, he's a great tackler. He attacks. Uh, he's uh, He's got sacks. And, uh, you know, I, I love him. Well, he brings a lot of juice to the defense, right. too, you know, Chaluch. One of the things that you can't argue about, Vince, his enthusiasm, his intensity, his desire to bring the big bang. Old school. Uh, those things are all, yeah. We, we call him is. old school. Exactly. And I really think that his energy uh, that he brings, he is an energy bringer, and uh, he will, he'll, he'll be a great benefit. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, today, Coach Tomlin was asked, you know, if they would ride the hot hand of Benny Snell, depending, you know, on James Conner's availability. If he's good to go too, what do you do? And he said, I'm sure we'll have an opportunity for Benny Snell to be impactful uh, regardless of James Conner's availability. Right. Yeah. So where do you think that, that will potentially lead if James is good to go? Touch? You know, I, I think James is going to start, but I think Benny's going to come in. And, uh, you know, I like uh, James Conner better. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's not to say I don't like Benny Snell, but right. James Conner is faster. He's more, he's, uh, he, uh, he's more jukey and uh, he's more powerful. Well, we got a new term, jukey. Okay, <laughs> I like that. You know, going along with what Tunch is saying, um, you know, he – he, he speaks of James's abilities, not just in, in faking guys out, but, you know, finding the crease. You know, when you run some of those lateral traps and you've got to find a little bit of a crease and angle, you know, who was really good at that was Merrill Hodge was yeah. really good at that back in the day. And James Conner reminds me a lot of uh, Merrill back then running the counter traps, running some of the wider traps, because they just have an innate ability to find that crease and get positive yardage. And, not to take anything away from Benny, I like the way Benny played last week. I really loved his uh, the powerful attitude he took in his running demeanor, as Mike Tomlin would say. But I still think that um, you know James is the better dog. Yeah. Oh, when uh, w when we were running uh, Merrill Hodge in '89 against the Denver Broncos, he had 150 yards, and uh, we were on the five yard line, and uh, uh, Dennis Smith was saying. We got to stop Hogue. We got to stop Hogue. And I said, Hodge, you idiot. Hodge. He said, Hodge, Hogue. And he, look, he looks like Jim Brown. Exactly. All right. Time to talk about your favorite subject, social media gentlemen. Uh, of course, I am speaking about Juju Smith-Schuster, the dancing on <laughs> the opponent's logo, mm. which is not new to the Bengals. It has happened previously. But today, Coach uh, said, you know, I am aware of it. I plan to talk to Juju 
Uh, it is about, you know, professionalism and respect when we're stepping into stadiums, said the conversation will take place. But he also said, you know, I understand the quality of play inside the white lines. I'm not seeking comfort or looking for excuses based on our recent performances on things that occur pregame or things of that nature that are social media related. Now, Von Bell might tell you differently. So where do you stand on this one, Tunch? Uh, you know, I, I think... Uh... You know, uh, Joe Green, when Rod Woodson had a pick six against Cincinnati and against Boomer Esiason, he was dancing. And Joe Green looked at him and said, we don't do that here. And so I I wish that there was a guy, and uh, Cam Hayward may be that guy. And I would have said, we don't do that here. I would agree with you, Chaluch. Look, um, I understand. I love the energy, the enthusiasm that that Juju brings. He's an excellent player. I love the fact that he he brings joy to people. He pours life into people. He goes and pays a bunch of uh, Christmas gifts off on layaway for people. That's fabulous. You know, but I also love the times when he went 97 yards with the ball, when he laid Vontez perfect out with a great hit. You know, those are the things that are memorable that they get to me, they just grab and say, this guy is a real football player. Part of the problem when you do something like this, uh, I don't know, this whole thing on the logo, you give the opportunity for inspiration. You create that opportunity that inspires a team. You will take a look at last week in Buffalo. Tyler Medikevich comes down and he drills Ray Ray McLeod on the opening kickoff right on the 10-yard line. That inspires, that inspires the Bills defense coming out of the gates. Uh, it's a positive thing. Um, you know, you see, um, you see uh, the, the hit by Von Bell. Well, it, Juju just passed over that logo. Right. And Von talked about it before the game. He talked about it after the game. That hit created a lot of juice for the Bengals. And if you're going to, the only thing I can say is if you're going to dance on the logos, you better catch the ball when you get hit in the chops. It's you like bullets. Mean, it's like bulletin, bulletin board material. It is. It is. You know, and that's it. That's creating a moment that to inspire the opposition. It's just not necessary. Okay, we only have one minute left. Christmas is coming up later this week. So tell me who is on Santa's nice list. You can pick one player. Tanch, you're first. Uh, Cam Hayward. Okay. I like but, that. But my kids, my grandkids are 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 uh, getting presents from me. <laughs> there you go. Okay, Wolf, who is on <laughs> your nice list? Oh, you got to go Marquise Pouncey. If you got Cam Hayward on one side, you got to have an equalizer. You got two of them. They're like the two T-Rexes down there. Hey, hey, you like them both. Hey, uh, Craig, are you going to be Santa Claus for the uh, kids? I should be with my beard and his faith. The good lady face said she wouldn't even have to pad my suit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody. Thanks so much for joining us here tonight on The Point After for Tunch Ilkin and Craig Wolfley. I'm Missy Matthews. We will be back next Monday at 7 p.m. to recap the Steelers and the Colts game. Thanks, Missy, for the pizza. <laughs> You're welcome. Good night. Boy, am I bummed. <laughs> <laughs>